Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Adam Kligfeld. Rise up, open your eyes, and you'll... Wise up, open your eyes, and you'll... Anyone? Eyes up, open your eyes, and you'll rise up, open your eyes. If I said it with the lilt of little Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda, perhaps you would have been able to predict the words. Rise up, open up your eyes, and you'll... Exactly. That's the last time I'll ever attempt that. I tried. In a few short set of lyrics, Miranda wrote something about the relationship between ascent and getting higher and having some clear vision from up there and even getting some wisdom that's not accessible to you when you're down below. And in general, just being more open to life around you. I did a meditation based on this idea yesterday. I lead a meditation for anyone who wants, twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays at noon. Those times may change soon. And just had those who were participating imagine themselves up high, released from gravity, soaring, and asking them to imagine simply what it's like to rise up. Just hold that image of being high up for a moment. We read all of Parshat Chesarah today. If we go back one week, last week's Parsha to Bayera, it was a really rough Parsha. There are at least three brutal and hard narratives, one of which I spoke about at length last week. The narrative of Hagar, Avraham's handmaiden, being kicked out of his house with her baby son or her Young son Yishmael, because Sarah can't stand the jealousy. There's the drama of Isaac being bound on the altar, and if you read the story for the first time, you don't know how it's going to end. And you have the overturning and the destruction of Stom and Amorah, of Sodom and Gomorrah, because not even a minion of righteous people could be found there. And then this week's Parsha, as we went lower and lower and lower in narratives last week, this, piece, this week's Parsha begins with also some low stuff because Sarah dies. So the first matriarch to whom we were introduced is no longer here, and she will be brought low. She'll be buried in the ground. The response of Avraham, her husband, caught my eye, particularly when you think about the altitude of last week's Parsha. The Torah says, V'tamot Sarah b'kiryat Sarah died in Kiryat Arba, hi Hebron, near Hebron, the Eretz cannot in the land of Canaan. By Avo Avraham, Avraham, her husband, came, lispod Sarah to cry over her, relief kota to bewail her. And then the next verse. Vayakom Avraham mial meto. Avraham got up, vayakom, from the root kam, from the presence of his deceased, meaning from the presence of his deceased wife, vayadaber el b'nei chet And he spoke to the children of Chait saying. Now on its own, as a standalone, the word Vayakom, that he got up, is not that odd. 
In fact, it's evocative of, and maybe even the inspiration for the idea that we say even to this day in English, that when Shiva is over, you say you get up from Shiva. And if you've been present in a Shiva at that day, sometimes the people who are there to comfort literally walk over to the mourners and raise them up from their low place that they've been emotionally and the low place they've been physically because they're sitting on the low chairs. So on its own, the fact that Avraham got up from the presence of his deceased wife to move on with his life is not that odd. But I was discussing this this week with my dear friend, Rabbi Barry Dove Katz in New York, and he noticed that the root kam, kuf mem, which is not that common a root in the Torah, appears no fewer than seven times in Parshat Chayisarah. And as the rabbis would say, ze omer darsheni, that's just begging for a response. I'm going to share all of them with you. Four verses later, after the verse that we had, the Torah says, Vayakom Avraham, Avraham got up, and he bowed down to the people of the town, which is kind of interesting. He got up in order to go down. And then ten verses after that, Vayakom stay Ephron, Machpelah, the field which had belonged to Ephron in the town or the area of Machpelah. It's a weird verse. Vayakom, it got up. The field got up. The field rose. The field lifted. What does that even mean in the context? Rashi says that it rose in importance. It went from being owned by just a commoner, Ephron, to a king like Avraham. And there's a Midrash in, in, in uh, Breshit Rabbah that says, what does it mean that the field got up? It, it was higher ground. It was like a mound. And believe it or not, there's a painting by Van Gogh, or pronounced Van Hoch, according to the Stoyers that was painted in 1877. And the painting was called The Cave of Machpelah. And the way Van Gogh painted the painting was not that it was a cave underneath the ground, but the Machpelah was convex, that it was literally rising up from the ground. Whatever it was, it's a kind of a strange verb for that section. Maybe it just means that it got up and moved from ownership from one person to the next. Three verses later, Vayakom Hasadeh, the field again got up, and also the cave that was in it in order to become a place of burial for Avraham. There are a lot of ways the verse could have said that without the word Vayakom. That's four. And then Abraham's servant who goes to find a wife for Isaac, twice we have the root. The servant took ten camels from the camels of his, serv- of his master, Vayelech, and he kept, and he got going. V'choltuv Adonav, and all the stuff with him, biado in his hand. Vayakom Vayelech el Haram Naharayim, and he got up and he went to Haram Naharayim. Why Vayakom? Why got up? Maybe he's going north. Although I'm not sure that the ancients had a sense of north as being up on the same level that we do. Maybe it was a spiritual ascent that he was going to find the first bride for the first child of the first Jewish couple. Whatever it was, it didn't have to be there. And then at the end of his visit where he meets Rivka, by they ate and they drank, he and the people who were with him, and they slept over, they got up, same route, in the morning. And they said, let us go back to my master. Kind of like, at least the Camp Ramah that I went to, morning is called Kima, getting up. Maybe that one's not so odd. 
makes sense in context. They got up in the morning. And then finally, the seventh, Rebecca herself, seven verses later, Vatakom Rivka Vanaroteha. Rivka got up along with her maidens. Vatirkavna Alagmalim. And they rode on the camels. Vatelachna Acharea Ish. And they went after the man who brought them, who was bringing them. Eventually, she gets to meet Isaac. Most of those Vayakoms make sense in context. But all of them together, why do we have that root, Kufmem, so many times in Parshat Chesera? The great philosopher and scholar of the Bible, Martin Buber, wrote about a phrase which in German he called a Leitwort, a word that pops up in a scene or a chapter that ends up being a prism through which we're supposed to understand the entire story beyond the specific narrative. Vayakom and Parshat Chesra is a light fort. And according to Rabbi Katz, we should learn specifically from that last one, what the others are doing in the Parsha. When Rebecca, Rivka, rises up, even though she's going south, rises up to join this family, and connecting it to last week's Parsha, rises up to join the family trauma. She rises up to help them rise. Their recovery from all of the awful parts of last week becomes her recovery. She goes up so that perhaps they can begin to ascend from what they've been experiencing as a family. There is something about up. There's something about being above. Something about seeing plants sprout upward after a winter. There's something about imagining that you are soaring even when you are anchored to the ground with gravity. There's something about pushing against the descent into despair and into sadness. There's something about imagining what we've been through in the last 18 to 20 months, how often we have felt low and heavy and pulled down in the dumps. On a a level... All of us, this community, this nation, this world, needs a version of a getting up from Shiva where someone or something is lifting us up from our low chairs, motivating a process which is both difficult and crucial. We need to rise. The modern Jewish songwriter and poet Batya Levine wrote a poem called We Rise. Some of the lyrics are, We rise up from the wreckage, We rise with tears and with courage. We rise fighting for life. Rise. The Parsha reads as one verbal challenge to rise up to the occasion, to rise out of grief, to rise to the next moment in life, to rise rather than slump and slouch and stay low. And the great poet Mary Oliver had a poem entitled Starlings in Winter. Starlings, those birds that do those amazing murmurations in the sky. The rising of birds that she wrote about, particularly when the world seems cold and dead. She wrote, I feel my boots trying to leave the ground. I feel my heart pumping hard. I want to think again of dangerous and noble things. I want to be light and frolicsome. I want to be improbable 
and beautiful and afraid of nothing, as though I had wings. Maybe when we pull back, Parshat Chayesara is telling the story of a family that tried to find its wings and invites us all to do the same, and maybe even more importantly, to help others find theirs so that we can rise from the darkness as our ancestors taught us how to do. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.